Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough. How you doing, man? I'm doing alright. I relapsed, though. I relapsed, like, super hard. Uh-oh, I'm thinking, uh, Binding of Isaac, then? Uh, no, cocaine. I've gotten back on the white horse. <laughs> no, um, it'd probably be less addicting than cocaine. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? Both Binding, Binding of Isaac just came out with Afterbirth Plus, which is a new uh, DLC expansion pack, or... You know, addition, not super okay. expansion. Uh, I haven't gotten too into it. They added a new mode called, there's normal mode, hard mode, greed mode, and then greedier mode, which is just greed mode, but harder. Um, and that mode's really fun because it's just, you go in and it's just, uh, like horde mode. You're just in a small room and just monsters keep appearing and you try and hoard all of your money to get like better upgrades. So you're not like dungeon crawling. It's just like, wave of monster after monster after monsters and you're just trying to get the best craziest upgrades nice so it's good if you don't want to traverse like because every now and then a binding eyes like if you don't know there's a labyrinth map that'll just pop up and it's like three times the size of a normal map so like it can really drag on especially backtracking and running through collecting all the good stuff if you lose a heart you have to go run through 20 other rooms to get the heart back and so so it can be really tedious the normal mode so this mode's fun to just, like, I want to get a bunch of upgrades, combine them with different upgrades, and see how it works. Like, So this is just the harder yeah. mode of that, and it's... I've already beaten that once with uh, Basic Isaac. Uh, I, I'm i not the completionist with Binding of Isaac, because there's... Dear God. I, I believe maybe 10 people in the world have actually completed Binding of Isaac 100%, because there's so much insane shit you have to do to actually get everything. See, I didn't even know that was a game you could 100%. That's I don't know if it's possible. Like, it's There's so much insane stuff. Like To unlock one character, you have to play the six other characters and die in certain rooms in order. And if any of those characters die in the wrong room, you have to restart the whole thing. And some oh. of the rooms that they die in, you're not guaranteed to get. So like one of them, you die in a boss room, and that's on every floor. Another one, you have to die in like the angel's room or the devil's room. And that sometimes appears and sometimes doesn't. So you might do a huge run beyond the fifth character that needs to die in the angel's room and just never get it. And if you never get it, you have to Ouch. restart all over. Like, so it's, it's insane. So I, yeah, that really is. That's a little too yeah, much. <laughs> so there's no way I'm actually going to complete all of this stuff. But, uh, from what I've read so far, the afterbirth plus isn't great. Like the fans aren't thrilled about it. They're saying like, they're just adding more stuff. And at this point, there's so many items in Binding of Isaac that they're becoming incredibly redundant. So, like, some of the items are, like, food, and it's just, like, milk and dog food and, like, chicken and stuff. And it just increases your health by one. And it's a very basic upgrade now, to the point where there's other items that will increase your health by, like, three, or increase your health by one and give you more damage, or increase your health by one and give you, like, fire breath. So it's be it's made the early upgrades with the game kind of tedious and unnecessary. To the point where hmm. you're like, why would I get this when there's five other upgrades that do what this one does plus something else? Yeah, I see. So what you it's mean. completely saturated with upgrades and items and stuff to the point where Afterbirth Plus is just adding more to it. And from what I can tell, some of them don't seem even new. They just seem to take other, like two smaller items and mash them together. And now that's a new upgrade. So it doesn't seem like a genuine expansion, like I was saying. It seems like it's just like, here's some more shit. And it, which is fine. I love Binding of Isaac, but it's ten dollars right now, and I got it. I think the day it came out, it was on sale for like six or seven. 
So, I mean, I'm happy with the purchase. I love the game. I would be happy to just throw 10 more dollars at them and not get anything back because I love it so much. Sure. Um, But I can see why some people might not be super thrilled with it. And um, some of the enemies aren't like I it's not the best expansion. Like Afterbirth was definitely better than Afterbirth Plus. So if you if you're unsure about buying this, if you're a big Binding of Isaac fan like I am and you're unsure, you can probably skip this one. But there's Anti-Birth, which is a fan made like expansion like this is actually just a huge add-on to it and it's a mod Ooh. and that apparently is great i have yet to get it to work though because a you need binding of isaac rebirth which is the base game and that's it you can't have you have to disable afterbirth or afterbirth plus if you have it so you have to turn those off and then boot up the game again and i've just had trouble installing it so i haven't played anti-birth yet but i hear it's better Hmm. It's kind of funny that you have to have the other ones turned off, like the afterbirth and anti-birth. Huh. It's like anti the other extensions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, but it's uh, it's just because the code doesn't work. And the creators, Ed McMillan and his team, gave them all the assets to afterbirth. They're like, if you can get this to work, feel free. Like, they saw what they were doing. They saw it was a fan-made one for free. And they're like, if you can get this to work with the code, like, God bless you. Like, you have our blessing. Do as much as you can. And gave them all the code for afterbirth. That's awesome. That's really cool that they're even supportive of that because lots of other like big companies, obviously like Nintendo, when they see people like trying to mimic or like have a fan made Pokemon or something, they just shut that shit down fast. Like that was like our last episode, the whole No Man's Sky. Yeah, exactly. No Mario Sky. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Especially with a big company where you can enforce the copyright laws and have a team of lawyers. Like, you know, most lawsuits don't actually settle or don't actually finish. They just sell out of court because the smaller person can't afford to keep going with the court cases and the court fees and stuff. But like in the case of like indie devs, it's almost like when you see somebody's like trying to continue on something you started, it's almost flattering. And I kind of qu- find it cool that they give them their support and blessing. I think that's what they meant. Like that's how they saw it because I think anti-breath has been at works for four years, maybe or a few years at least of them working wow. on this. And it's apparently super robust and I, I really want to play it, but it's, it's weird to install i'm having a little trouble with it um okay that that makes sense uh, if you can find their website they have a it's free but they have a donation button if you do want to support them so it is cool seeing the you know developers of this reaching out with the community and saying like hey we you know we don't give a shit that you guys are working on our taking our property and you know modifying it going on it's like we encourage it because it's it's breathing new life into this game that's you know, kind of run its course. And, you know, and I don't think too many people are discovering Binding of Isaac now. I think anyone who's wanted to play it has played it already. Yeah, that makes sense. And it honestly kind of opens the door. What if, like, uh, both teams work together on something? Because they obviously have similar passions. That could make something like a Binding of Isaac 2 or something that, <laughs> with a bigger that's team. That's happened before with a lot of stuff. A lot of people have just made fan stuff of, like, oh, yeah, I made a little fan animated video of this, like, show or something or this podcast. And then the creators see it and then continue to work with them. And then soon they become part, like that could be their big break if they, yeah. if they're actually trying to get into the game development world. So yeah, yeah it's, best of luck to them. Yeah. It looks really cool. And I also relapsed with a uh, Witcher because I got the blood and wine DLC during the winter sale. So that's not, it's not new DLC, but it's new to me. Like I'm a little late on it. Sure. And I, oh my God, let me see how many hours I got in that now. Cause when I finished Witcher, I think I was around 90-ish. And now that I added the DLC, I'm at 121. Woof. That's, that's an impressive amount of time. 
<laughs> and I got those like 30 extra hours probably within four days. Like there's a few days where I just played for like 10 to 12 hours straight. Where uh, those are the best kind of day. I just got completely lost. I'm like, all right, I'll just do this one quest. Oh, there's another one. I'll just do this one more. I'll just do another one. Oh, there's another one. Oh, there's something else. Next thing I know, it's 4 a.m. And I'm just like, oh, no. Yep. And I can relate with that on uh, Final Fantasy 15, but I'll save my stories. Uh, keep going. <laughs> uh, I've gushed enough about Witcher. Witcher is just so <laughs> good. And like every at- it's by far one of my favorite games of like top three, like especially Witcher 3. It's just does everything i mean not everything it's not perfect there's plenty of glitches where i couldn't talk to someone or i while i was talking to someone in like a cutscene something was like floating by or someone was clipping through a wall or something so it's not completely (laughs) perfect but it just does everything right one problem i do have though is i get like so much legendary gear like in this one you get diagrams to find grand master witcher gear and it's supposed to be like amazing gear and it's one for each school of witchers so, like, the wolf, the griffin, the fe- the cat, the bear, and all this stuff. And almost every time I've done it, those are, like, all big quests that take you all over the map, and you get a ton of experience for doing them. But the gear I have is always better than what the Witcher gear I have to spend thousands of coins to make. Like, it uh. takes so long to make this stuff, and it's almost always worse than what I wear. Like, the swords, the armor, everything. So, it, that's always disappointing to me. But I typically end up usually making at least one set of them and then displaying it. You usually have a house or something to display stuff in. Yeah. But that was always very disappointing to me where I'd see the gear. I'm like, it's not even that great. Like, all of the Witcher gear is not super good. And then I'm wearing just hodgepodge, like, big metal chest plate, weird leather boots, like a weird flamingo mask. Like, all just weird (laughs) crap matching up because it gives me better stats. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, do you have, like, some kind of OP armor set? Like, when I think of Elder Scrolls and all of that, like, the Daedric armor, are you wearing, like, the best, like, armor there is, and that's why nothing's uh, matching the quality? No, that's the sad thing, is it's just armor that, like, it matches your levels. So, okay. the best armor I had was tournament armor. So, it, early in that DLC pack, you go to, like, a grand tournament, you perform for, I think, the Dutch, the Duchess. And you're just, it's like a festival and a tournament where you're a knight in full, like, plate armor. You do the jousting, you do the duel, you do, like, all the games and stuff. And that's all it is. It's tournament armor. And that's what it's called. And that's it. So, like, Hmm. I found the same exact armor, but with weaker stats before. And then uh, each enemy I kill, it matches, like, their level or my level that I'm at. So the stats are just raised a slightly bit. So this is just slightly better than the Witcher armor, but so it's not like this legendary god armor, like like you said, Daedric or something, yeah, or like high elf armor, like quest relevant armor. It's just stuff I found on guys, and it's just hmm. better than the stuff that cost me like five thousand coins to make. <laughs> that is frustrating. Yeah, so like that always disappoints me because I'm like, it also looks super cool. Like I got a sword from the Lady in the Lake, and if you, I forget the exact uh, way it works, but I think if you like hit somebody a few times without being hit it builds up charges and if you kill someone when the sword is fully charged it increases the sword's damage permanently up to like 40 points so it can grow with you so it's supposed to be a really good sword is it's this big quest to get is the lady of the lake gives it to you you know she gave excalibur to king arthur like it's super cool and then like the next quest i go on i find a better silver sword i'm just like well this one's done and i (laughs) throw it up on display and never use it again because it's just like you know, it's an RPG, so you gotta min-max your stats and stuff. You want the best gear, like, statistically. 
So yes. that way you can finish the rest of the game. And then once you're super powerful, then you wear whatever you want to look cool. But yeah, that always disappoints me where it's just like the gear, you know, it just doesn't balance out. Like it, the, the gear with narratives and names and stuff aren't, are typically worse. They usually aren't good. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, super minor complaint compared to the rest of the DLC, which I fucking loved. Nice. Uh, just everything about it is great. At one point, you can fuck in clouds. Like, you can bang somebody <laughs> in the cloud kingdom. It's amazing. On cloud nine, that's good. Yeah, exactly. And at one point, the girl's like talking to you, she's like, you know, I just left with you because I thought you could be used as like a pawn. Like, I could use you for something. It's like, bitch. It's like, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what your plan is. Like, however, it's like, if you get the chance to bang in a cloud, you take that chance. Yeah, like, pretty much. Yeah. You do not pass that up with whoever it is. Like, that's I the closest have... thing to the mile high club they have in that exactly. world. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You do not pass that up. But I oh, thought man. it was that same character at one point. She's like, Oh, I bet you, you know, you're in a situation where you have to work together. So you can't like actively kill each other, but she is the antagonist. And it's like, oh, I bet you're wondering how I ended up here. And one of the options, which I choose, was like, Geralt just says, no, I've heard your story a thousand times. You're just this selfish, generic brat who wants revenge. Like, I don't care. It's the same crap over and over again. She's like, wow. Like, fuck me. It's like, yeah. And then, like, the rest of the quest proceeds to tell you her whole backstory. It's like, what did I say at the beginning? I don't (laughs) care. And sure enough, it's exactly what you think. Like, it's exactly what Geralt already knows and stuff. Oh, jeez. but it's so good, and I think The Witcher is just a great series because it works well for a video game because you're this guy who's just super good at his job, but people still hate you. Like, I'll walk around and people still like be like, Witcher, and spit at me. It's like, I've murdered dragons with my bare hands, and this dumb peasant thinks he can spit at me? Like, oh, that's, that's what is kind of, You're out of your mind. That's going to actually, I'm going to have a small little segment later about like illogical moments in video games. Because like, think about that. If like, if you just saw like the dragon board kill like a, a fucking dragon and like out of the sky and stuff, you think like a bandit, like a, a, a band of bandits is going to approach him and be like, yeah, we could take him. Like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh no, I got this. It's like, I can shoot fire from my hands. <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, I have a pitchfork. All right. <laughs> I think there's a clip from like, Batman the Mask of the Phantasm, like, the movie, the animated movie, where, like, a thug, like, opens up a room and sees Batman, like, looking for clues, and he just shuts the door, and another thug comes up, he's like, what'd you see? It's like, nothing, don't worry about it, move on. (laughs) Like, it's like, good, he learned his lesson. Exactly. Not to take on Batman. Um, oh, uh, the bandits, though, remind me of another complaint I have in Witcher is the fist fighting. There's some moments where you have to fist fight, you can't use your weapons or magic, and you don't need to win, like, it's just like you beat up some thugs and if you lose you look like an idiot if you win you look like a tough guy yeah the fist fighting is so hard in that game because enemies still take out so much health like so when i started dlc i was level 36 and i ran into a guy who's level 22 but one punch from him took out like a quarter of my health whoa they do so much damage which is it sucks for the fist fighting because you have to rely on counters and blocking and they don't really work too well at least maybe just for me i can't time them out too well but it's really tough to actually like fight like fist to fist but it it, that's also cool though in the rest of the combat because it still presents a challenge even if you are super over leveled like so you can still fight an earth elemental and you know how to do it but if you get hit like a few times he can kill you flat out so it does present that threat of danger as opposed to skyrim where you're just walking through and like 
sneezing at giants and they go flying across the continent. Yeah, um, but that's interesting. I feel like I'm, it's like scratching an itch in the back of my memories. Like there was some game. I don't know if it was one of the Fable games where like yeah, you could like just like have like a mini game where you'd fist fight somebody. I'm I'm starting to think it wasn't Fable. I just can't put my finger on it. But well, yeah. Fable had, Fable had that, and it's it was like Fable where you go to different towns and you work your way up through the fist fighting like rings. Okay, so you maybe start it at, like, was amateur that. and it work up to like master. And that that and the Gwent side quest are in Witcher. They're in like every city, and you work your way up. Those are the only stuff I never did. Like, I just okay. I don't care about Gwent. The fist fighting, I, like I said, I don't think it's really optimized well and it's really hard to do. Uh, maybe it's just for me though. Maybe other people love it. Um, but those are the only side quests I didn't do, but I, I went through all of them and it was so good. Uh, there was one particular quest where you had to, you find out someone couldn't pay you back in the day. So instead he put the money in a bank and it just reimbursed and got, uh, inflation and got more money so you're like cool i get to go to this bank and just cash in on a bunch of free money and it's a little quest and it took me like 40 minutes and you're just running around this bank trying to get the, this form to get that form but to get that form you need this form and to talk to that person you have to talk to this person but they're on their uh. lunch break and it just drives home the <laughs> fucking bureaucracy of banks and it was it's so well done because i hate it so much yeah and it's just so enraging um uh, one more good thing I loved is at one point it's when you go to do one of the main story quests for Witcher, it goes like, Hey, if you do this quest, there's going to be some other side quest that's going to be shut out. Like it's going to be locked off permanently. Like this is the point of no return in the story. Are you sure you want to do it? Or do you want to go back and do those rest of the side quest? And I love that. I'm so yeah. happy they included it. at that point. I literally did everything though. So I went on through, but I'm really happy they include that. So that way you know, like, hey, here's the, you know, this is the big one. Make sure you tie up all loose ends before you do this one. Yeah, that's actually where I kind of left off in Final Fantasy 15, and I'll, I'll get to that. But also, speaking of relapsing, one thing that you didn't mention I, that I noticed you did get back into is Mass Effect 2. What's going on there? Oh, yes. Uh, I haven't started playing it yet, but I, I probably will, knowing me. <laughs> I've already played it. I played every Mass Effect game three times. I've had three complete storylines through each because I have free time in high school and I fucking <laughs> love that series. I love it so much. I know it's got a ton of flaws in it. There's a ton of goofy videos of it just glitching out. People are still incredibly butthurt about the third and one, the ending, but I'm, I'm fine with it. I didn't think it was as terrible as people make it out to be. Um, but yes, Origin, who I think is the only place you can get Mass Effect 3 online. Because I know 3 is definitely not on Steam. Interesting. But Origin is offering, at least at the time of this recording, Mass Effect 2 for free. You can just Damn. get it for free. And it's like, it's weird because they offered a standard edition and then the, the deluxe edition. But that's still $20. But I got the free edition, the standard one, and I still got all the DLC with it. Like all the extra characters, all the extra armor and weapons. I got like a little documentary thing, a little soundtrack thing to it. Oh, nice. So I, I don't know what's included in the, the deluxe edition, except for maybe like a special case for the game itself, but you're, it's digital, so I don't need a case. So I, I don't know why you would ever want the deluxe edition when you get literally all of it for free in the standard one. Um, but yeah, so I don't know what they're doing. I, I mean, I know what they're doing. They're hyping you up for Mass Effect Andromeda, which got announced for March. Yes. 
And some people are worried about that, seeing more and more trailers are like, oh, the skill system looks weird, or I don't know about this, or oh, about that. It's like, relax. What we've seen of it, even with the trailers and stuff, is very minimal. It's very small from what we can actually tell. And this might work well in the game. Because Mass Effect 1 to 2 was such a huge revamp, and they fixed everything that was wrong in the first one. So, I, I don't like seeing people who are like, ah, oh, fans are worried about the trailers for Mass Effect Andromeda. It's like, we're, you're seeing five seconds of a video, and you can't tell me you're freaking out because you don't know how it's integrated into the game. Because you don't know what the game is. Like, yeah. You know, people are worrying about nothing. It's like, relax. I mean, I'm buying it anyway. I'm probably not going to pre order it just because, you know, day one patches and glitches and all that. Sure. But I'm definitely going to get it, like, regardless of what the reviews say and stuff. Heck, and yeah, listeners, if you got a PC and access to Origin, you might as well get that one for free. That's not a bad deal at all. No, it's amazing. Uh, Dubs, I know, is actually playing through Mass Effect 1 right now. Like, as we're recording this, I can see him on Steam playing it. <laughs> nice. Um, I've, I've told people before, very similar to Witcher, Mass Effect 1, it's real, it's real grind. It's real tough to get through because it's it, it doesn't hold off well. It's Same pretty dated. Assassin's Creed, I hear. <laughs> uh, same with Assassin's Creed and Witcher 1. Assassin's yeah. Creed is just super repetitive. I think it holds up well, but it just, like, you do three sectors of a town, defeat the boss, go into a new town, do three sectors of the town, defeat the boss, and to, to, to uh, unlock those sectors, you do the same four quests. Like, oh, so Assassin's Creed 1 is super repetitive. Yeah, but I, repeat. I, it still, I think, was so groundbreaking and so impressive. Like Witcher and Mass Effect, I, I still enjoy them for what they were. But if people were trying to get into the series and are like, hey, can I just skip over these? Assassin's Creed 1, yeah. you can, And Witcher 1, you can read just the stories online. Uh, hell, if you wanted to, you could skip Witcher 2. I, I think it's a great game. I highly recommend it. But if you really just wanted to play 3, which is the best, you can. You can yeah. find the story online. That'll probably be me. Yeah, because like, sto- all the Witcher stuff is based on books. So there's plenty of stuff you don't find out about like in the DLC. You, f- you run into an old friend of Geralt, where he's like, oh, Regis, my old buddy. And I was like, wait, and I had to look him up, like, did I run into him in one or two? And it's like, no, this is a new character, but in the Witcher world, Geralt met him years ago. Like, gotcha. he met him off screen and stuff. So there's plenty you don't know at any given time in Witcher. So if if you just want to look it up, you can. Okay. Mass Effect, though, I would recommend playing one, just because choices you make in that carry over. And if you play t- if you just play two... You get to choose which choices from the first one you didn't get to make, but you only get to choose like five big events. Where I think a lot of appeal for Mass Effect is there's small events that carry over, like little nuances. Like in the first one, the reporter a reporter interviews you about being the first human specter, and then she turns into like a mudslinging piece where she's just trashing you the whole time after the interview. Like she cuts together the video weirdly, so it makes you look bad. Okay, and if and the second one, you run into her again. She's like, hey, can I get another interview? And you can just punch her in the face. You can just, <laughs> l- you can just lay her out. And I don't think that's a choice you can make if you just play the second one. Okay. But if you play the first one and talk to her, then that choice will carry over. I see. So, so I think there's – I, I highly recommend playing the first one. Even though it is tough to get through, play the first one and just remember that it get <laughs> – like being a teenager, it gets better. So just – Get through the first one, and it'll get better with the second and third one. Um, Good advice. So, yeah. <laughs> so if I Origin did this before, where Mass Effect Two was free, but it was like a weird glitch where they did it like way too early. So I don't know how long they're doing this for. I don't know if it's like an official, like if they're doing it until Andromeda, which is March or what. But it 
if you're hearing this, check it out as soon as you can. Cause yeah, jump on that, it. Yeah, that sale might be ending, but it's free and I, I, it's one of the best. So check that out. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll be playing that because I think they said that some stuff's going to carry over from the first Mass Effect series to Andromeda, but I don't know how much. So I'm, I'm probably going to end up buying three as well. And hell, eh, I don't know. I might get one. I might not. Just because I already know the story, so I might not need to. Yeah, I would. Uh, if I played the game three times already, I think I'd be pretty good. <laughs> I, I put in the hours. I put in the work. Yes. I'm done. I'm not um, done. I'm going to play it again. That's uh, funny. But yeah, and then a little uh, revival uh, or Rivals of Athera. And I've been rewatching all of Adventure Time. Ooh, I'm interesting. Starting from episode one and going all the way through because, goddammit, I love that show. Ooh, I got back into TV too, but I'll bring that up towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as the games I've been playing, there's really only one, and it's Final Fantasy 15. I'm like dedicated to like beating this game before I get it spoiled, like because I know the <laughs> internet, like there, it's just all it's gonna happen. And I, gonna even, happen. I'm in, I'm a part of this uh, Facebook online community, and I saw one of the posts. It was like major FF15 spoiler, and I was like, I'm definitely not clicking on that. And also, somebody else posted like, oh FF15, it just got me, and I, they're like they had a uh, parentheses sobs and stuff so i'm like i yeah. know someone's gonna die i know it's gonna be really <laughs> dramatic i don't want that and the worst is like i remember when i first started playing the game I'm like wow i'm really enjoying this but these characters aren't really like clicking with me just yet but uh there's a day this past week where i had like a stomach bug and i had to stay home from work and i was like well here's a golden opportunity to get some gaming done and i just went ham on final fantasy 15 and i've i think i'm closing in on 30 hours now and the characters are really starting to like find their places into my hearts. So, like I love all the four main characters. Like I remember at first, like Prompto was my least favorite, but now I just really have like I just find him to be so like cute and endearing. Like I don't know, he's yeah. just an. Aw- they're also fun to like be on an adventure with, and like I love how complex the system is. Like I remember when we first talked to AJ, or maybe I forget if it was just me and AJ that day, but when he was giving his review of Final Fantasy 15, it was like the day after it came out, and he's like, "I'm giving it a nine out of 10. Like I, I can <laughs> see why though, because there is just so much going on. I'm surprised by how much like universally it seems to be agreed that like the characters just grow on you, and everyone seems to love like. You know, people seem to have their favorites or, you know, least favorites, but it's just funny how it seems like with this game, everyone loves this group of guys. Like, it's just, it, it they all grow on you eventually and you're just like, oh, these boys. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I didn't honestly foresee that happening with me, but it, it did, whether I wanted it to or not. And I, one <laughs> thing I think that um, makes that happen for most people is the mechanic of the photography in the video game. So each character has their own skill. So Noctis can go fishing. Gladiolus has survival, which he finds items after battles. Ignis can do cooking and Prompto does photography. So as you're like on your adventure throughout this world, uh, Prompto will take random uh, photographs of like you fighting enemies or you guys just like standing around like sometimes it'll be selfies like it's all sorts of different things and it's cool because every time you go to uh, rest at like say uh, there's different campers or like hotels and stuff you can spend the night at to like recover your HP and uh, level up. 
every time you get an opportunity to do that, you get to look through all the photographs that were taken during that day and then save certain ones. So over the course of me playing this for like 30 hours, I feel like I've created like this whole photo album of these guys. And as I like go through them, it's like so cute seeing like them at all these different locations. And it's just, it just really makes you feel like you're a part of the journey. So I, I'm just having a blast with that. And I do love the whole skills for each character obviously since you're playing as noctis i go fishing as much as possible it's one of my favorite like mini games within the game and it's interesting how when like you cast your uh your rod out into the pond like say and you're waiting for a fish to bite it's kind of the same meter of when you're running around in the an enemy's gonna like attack you so you'll see like this red bar at the top of your screen and it grows to be like a full like a really large red bar and that means like oh the battle just initiated it's the same kind of mechanic for when you're fishing so like if that red bar gets full you know the fish is about to bite and it's just a really fun little thing to like i don't know go try different ponds and i even went to the sea recently at golden quay and got like this huge fucking like sea bass or something so it's always like really fun trying to pull them in but th- <laughs> the problem is like your line sometimes snaps and you'll lose a lure and like i had some super awesome lures that i didn't know where i could find them anymore so i lost a couple of them and it's frustrating but the moment you pull in a huge fish it's just like damn that feels good that the comparison reminds me a lot of uh like an anime where it's like oh i trained like how to be a great fighter from fishing like this weird hobby has somehow (laughs) made me an amazing fighter like i think uh was it hunter x hunter i think the main character is actually like a fisher like the kid fishes all the time and it's like his weapon in battle is like a fishing rod or something like well it's true think about this uh I, if i'm not mistaken i'm sure of it like or the first like five seasons of american ninja warrior or just ninja warrior <laughs> i forget the dude who won it like the first dude that like went the full distance was a guy named nagano and he was like a fisherman that was like his hobby that was his like uh occupation and, and he was just like the most ripped dude that was like a legitimate ninja it was unbelievable well, no nagano i believe was the fifth guy to do it and he actually did it twice he was a captain of fisherman oh that's right i was fucking so into ninja okay see i i just remember nagano being one of the people that accomplished it yeah and i do actually remember him doing it twice so he probably wasn't the first you're right so he was the fifth interesting he was about like the fifth but he was like the best yeah even if he didn't like climb out with doriyama he almost always got to the third stage like he was just pretty much agreed that like this guy is the best and i think the first guy was actually a crab fisherman who was like really early on? I want to say in like the sixth season of Ninja Warrior, maybe. Still fisherman. <laughs> he's still, yeah, still fisherman. Now he's like a dental hygienist or, or like went to dentistry. Um, then there's like a few other ones that I forget. And they had like a Ninja Warrior All Stars who was like a fireman and like a gas station manager and stuff. And like these guys who you wouldn't, well, firemen you would think of, but like a few other ones you think wouldn't be super physical and then they were all super ripped. But then it would be like, you know, the world heavyweight champion in like Japan and he can't get past the first stage or right. Olympic athletes and he can't get past the second stage and stuff. Cause it's like, this is such a weirdly specific like sport or activity that you have to train for. It's not just like if you're a track runner, you're not going to do well here because you can't hold up your own body weight. So exactly. it's a weird, weird thing. And I think, I mean, a few other people have wanted the last guy I remember was actually a shoe salesman. He was this tiny little guy, like super scrawny. And he won. And it Damn. blew everyone's mind because he was just this, like, Nagano is, like, just super buff. He's just went yeah. to all hell. And then the next guy to win is just this little guy who looks like a shoe salesman. And he just, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe it if you 
told you he won Ninja Warrior. But. God, even that name, Nagano, is just badass. He deserves Nagano. his own video game. He's a cool dude. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> There's probably some branding deal in the works. Right? Um, but back to FF15, I remember earlier in the episode, I said I left off at a certain point. Like, I, I think where it's like a definitive, like, oh, if you go on to this quest, like, you won't be able to come back for a little while. And that's why I'm kind of currently running around doing all the little side quests. Uh, you can do certain quests where you hunt different beasts. So as you stop at, like, different diners and stuff along your journey, like these uh people will tell you like oh there's this like a, a bounty for a, a handful of different varieties of beasts and it'll like list their levels so you know whether or not you can handle them or not and based upon your rank you can uh go out and fight those and sometimes they'll be out they'll only appear at nighttime which is like the most dangerous time to be out exploring so mm-hmm. i don't know it's really it's just like there's so much to that game and uh, i remember i was like what maybe level 25 around chapter three and i'm thinking oh i'm so over leveled for where i am but then i think it was chapter four or five where things really start to move quickly and you end up fighting this giant titan and it's not really spoilery because i would say it's so early in the game but like it's just so it's like crazy to see this monstrous thing and you're like so under leveled and it's cool seeing uh how the four main characters like work together to get past that but all in all, I'm having a blast with that game. I really do want to beat it, and I'm concerned that someone, one of the four is going to die, if not multiple of them. <laughs> um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. And the most recent trophy I got is one that I found interesting. It was called Immortal Photobomb, and it was as I was scrolling through my photo- f- photographs of the day that Prompto took, there was one where we were photobombed by this character named G- Gentiana, and it's this lady that you meet. I think you only meet her in Chapter 5 and on, so you can only get this trophy after that but it's kind of funny how they include it so if he takes a picture and there's like that character in the background and you guys didn't notice she was there you get the trophy so that's honestly one i think is probably more challenging to get <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah I, I know um i was looking at my steam profile because i'm a narcissist and i love looking at myself <laughs> and actually oh i got a new one i was gonna say uh, you can set up for steam like to showcase your rarest achievements and it calculates it against the world like everyone who's played it and who has who of the least people have that achievement and i got one actually for binding of isaac a d1 which is beating the greedier mode for afterbirth plus i think that achievement's rare just because the dlc just came out okay um but then um, the second rarest one i have is from tabletop simulator it's called treasure trove and it's from putting a hundred treasure chest in another treasure chest (laughs) I got that by mistake because I didn't know what the controls were for tabletop sim, and I was just like spawning a bunch of stuff into other stuff without realizing it. But it's funny how weird some of these achievements are, and like I know Mark's a big achievement hunter. Like he he had a game that ended up deleting all of his achievements, and he was super pissed about it, and was going back <laughs> trying to get them all again. Whereas like uh, the first Uncharted game I played, it deleted all my trophies and playtime for it, like somehow on my PS3. So Ouch. it looks like I never played it, and I was just like. Eh, whatever. I don't care enough about Uncharted to, or achievements to go back and try and get them all. Yeah. It's like, I, I know I beat it, and that's all I care. I enjoyed the story, which was like the second Indiana Jones movie. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I know, I know what you're saying about like, you know, someone's going to die in the story for Final Fantasy. Just cause, like, for me, if, if you've seen enough stuff, or played enough games, or read enough stories, or seen enough movies, like, you know, a twist is coming. It's, it might not always be M. Night Shyamalan. Shamalama uh, <laughs> level of twist where he's dead the whole time or something, 
But, like, you know, there's always seems to be a twist at the end of the story. There very rarely is just like, and then it ends. Like, there's always something, like, to catch you off guard. And with The Witcher 1, I'm like, I fucking know exactly what's going to happen. It's like, I can't can't do much except for warn these people if this is going to happen. And sure enough, it happens. I'm like, exactly. all right, I did my, like, and that's why I like The Witcher. Because it's like, all right, I did my job as a goon for hire to slay, mo- like, as a monster exterminator. I, I did the best as I could to help you. And if something happens, it sucks. I'm moving on to the next job. Like, yeah. And I think that's why I, work, I think it works so well as a video game because it's like, you know, it's weird that a main character gets so emotionally attached to a character they knew for two weeks. And <laughs> exactly. They die, they're bawling their eyes out. It's like, whereas Geralt is just like, man, who's going to pay me now? And right. then he leaves the town. It's just like, yeah, see, he's, it's like a video game. It's, it works so well. Well, it's also the thing that makes it so tough with Final Fantasy XV. I feel like I barely know what's going on. And I remember when I spoke with, uh, I think it was you and AJ, where I was saying there was a collector's edition that comes with that movie. I feel like I really wish I could see that full CGI movie to know what the hell's going on. It's just all like this random war and everything right now seems kind of like happy-go-lucky. Like, sure, we're trying to find Miss Luna Freya, the uh, Noctis's like significant other. I guess he's a prince and she's a princess and they're going to try to get married and stuff. So like there's separated and you're with your bros trying to go find her but like it just seems like oh man it's just there's definitely something's gonna happen and also just g- given the the track record of final fantasy like look at seven look at like i don't know they all have those moments so i'm just i think that's just gonna be another trend for this to just stab you in the heart when you're least expecting it yeah it, especially because everyone gets so attached to these characters like you know in the witcher there's like maybe a handful of characters i actually give a shit about but like you know in the dlc this new character gets introduced and then gets killed off and it's like all right whatever moving on like i couldn't care less um but with these everyone seems to be so invested in these characters but the way you phrase it like and you're with your pros you're gonna see this girl you're supposed to marry it just seems like this is the wildest bachelor party. Like, it is. The, it's very, this is Final Fantasy, the bachelor party. Well, and the funny thing is where I most recently left off, I went to this place, Lestalum, and you meet Gladiolus's sister. I forget her name, unfortunately, but she. there's this moment where you have the option to go walk around the town with her just to like get familiarized with this new location. And I think you can blow her off if you want. And you could also, like, if you go on the walk with her, you could choose to be really nice to her or just like kind of be like a dick. And the whole time I was just being super nice to her and I kept getting all this experience points and in fact i think if you do it the way that i did it you end up getting like uh bonus ap points but regardless it kind of ended up seeming like she had a thing for noctis and like this is your bro's sister and you obviously are like (laughs) on your way to go get married to lady luna freya so it's just like i don't know you have the ability to be a player but you also gotta (laughs) you're probably better off doing the whole bros before hose thing and i didn't so whoops that that's i was thinking about it while i was finishing uh the witcher dlc and i was just like if you want advice on how to play Witcher, like the right way to play Witcher, bro code. Just <laughs> yes. bro code. Just get Geralt laid all the time because it gives you XP, like a lot of <laughs> XP. And it's like, and trust your bros. Like you're going to have some guys on your team and you're like, I don't know, this guy seems scheduled. I don't know, this idea seems, trust your bros. They got your back every time. Yeah. Except for Dandelion, he can fuck you over sometimes. Oh, but like, geez. trust your bro- just bro code in Witcher. That's all you need to know. That's good advice. And here's one thing that they don't tell you. I mean, there's plenty of things you do- they don't tell you in Final Fantasy 15, but it's something I found on an online article that really helped me out. Uh, it's basically, you have the ability in your options to turn on a stamina bar. So when Noctis is running, he'll eventually get tired and like just start to like jog and stuff. 
but if you have the stamina bar on, you'll you'll see it like depleting. And right as the stamina bar gets to like the very end, if you tap circle, which is the run button on PlayStation, uh, it'll just re it'll basically make your character dash forward and uh, refill the bar entirely. So it's almost like a trick to have an infinite ability of running. So if you don't have the bar on, you'd never have the the idea of when you should uh, tap the circle button. But if you have the bar on, it's really helpful and you can basically run infinitely. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, the stamina stuff. and awesome. Sorry, it's just Final Fantasy and Witcher, like for anyone listening who doesn't care <laughs> about these games. That's... Like I said, I've got like 30 hours in just this last like four days and Dyke's been playing Final Fantasy for a while now. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, the stamina in Witcher always drove me nuts because outside of combat, you'd run for like, you know, 30 seconds and then he gets tired and has to slow down and you run for 30 seconds. And it makes sense. You're carrying a ton of shit. Like, thank God uh, alchemy and crafting object like items don't carry weight because <laughs> I have like thousands of them. On, right. Like, like at the end of the game i was like cool i'm gonna buy this super expensive armor i sold everything i had and just got like thousands upon thousands of gold and they all they weren't that rare i just had so many of them yeah no i honestly as you kill things in final fantasy 15 you collect like little trinkets and stuff and yeah i'm glad there is no like a burden or anything in this game like there isn't like the elder scrolls because i'm carrying everything i've got since the beginning of the game and sometimes i'll sell shit if i need to yeah, I think I think Witcher does it right because it's like the crafting stuff where you need a lot of it has no weight to it, and like money has no weight to it. But like the armor and the weapons and stuff have weight to it. So like out of everything I was carrying on me, the only thing really I had to drop when I was over encumbered was like a set of armor I stole from a bandit that I was gonna sell for like two gold. So it's just like yeah, I don't need this anymore. Yeah, that's understandable. But like Brent said, that's all the games I've been really playing. I did want to mention a TV show I got into not long ago, and I'm I'm wondering if the listener has seen it or enjoys it or what their opinions are. I'm I I'm I'm sure that there's mixed uh, reviews, but it's a show called Beyond, and it's on this new channel called Freeform. And well, I I was gonna bring that up too. It's not actually a new channel because before it was Fox Family. And oh. Then it became- abc family and it became like abc something else and now is freeform okay i think when it went i think when it went from fox to abc it changed like ownership but since then it's always been abc and for some reason they're just rebooting it every so often and giving it a new name like hey here's a new channel it's like but it's it's not it's the same stuff like yeah that's interesting it's like you know why i only come here every other weekend because you marathon all the harry potter movies like why are you (laughs) why are you changing it up but yeah it's odd yeah, and that's what I mean. When I I was completely unfamiliar with the freeform, but now that you say that's what it was, that makes more sense. But in general, this show Beyond, uh, it's only ten episodes, and luckily for uh, we have Compass where I'm living, so I can just watch any and all of the episodes on demand right now. Um, so listeners can do the same. But I'm on episode six, and it's just a show about a kid who was uh, I think twelve or something, or maybe fifteen, and he gets goes into a coma for like. 12 years of his life or a really long time and during his like coma stage like usually people think like the brain and the consciousness are inactive but the premise of this show is that he his consciousness actually transported to another like dimension or like and what they consider the realm is what they call it so he spent all this time in the realm during his coma wakes up from the coma and now he has like these powers that he's uh, uh, obtained in the realm in the real world and it's kind of interesting how there's other people that have comas that he uh ends up 
coming into contact with and their powers. And it's just this big, like suspenseful drama that I'm actually really enjoying. It's uh semi-violent and just uh really cool. Oh, Tim Creighton, uh, executive producer of it. That son of a bitch. Oh, why? What's this? He's the creator of Heroes and Heroes Reborn. And like, I, I know Heroes tanked because of the writer strike and everything, and there's a ton of factors into it. But he was the creator of Heroes, and anyone associated with the show, I'm just kind of bitter at because it was it was so good for the first season, and it got so much work. It got so bad so fast. Well, that's what I mean. I'm actually concerned that this show, I'm enjoying it up to episode six, like thoroughly. And sure, there's a couple little holes in in the story that I could be like, what the, why the hell did that happen? But regardless, I, I, I'm just concerned that it is going to tank and just like the end of it is going to be like, oh, and it all happened because of this. And this is our dumbass reason to explain things. And it's like, I really hope that it's something solid and something that I can walk away and be like, that was a good show till the end. Yeah, it's it's very rare for to find a satisfying series like start to finish. Like it, you know, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent all the time, but like satisfying. Like I think Buffy apparently is one of those. I I don't know because there's like twenty three episodes a season and there's nine seasons and they're an hour long. So if you didn't watch Buffy when it was on air, I don't know how you'd have the time to watch it. Yeah, because that's a ton of episodes. Um, but yeah, especially with supernatural stuff and like something like this where it's like fantastical stuff, it seems. There seems to be jump the shark moments very quickly where it's just like, and the show sucks now, like, and it's ridiculous. Like, I remember way back there was a show called Kyle XY on this channel back when it was Fox Family, I think. Okay. And it was just like this weird guy who doesn't have a belly button and can do all these crazy things. Turned out, oh yeah, (laughs) that's right. And like, I remember the first like season or two, it's like, all right, it's pretty cool, it's nothing great, but it's all right, it's pretty decent. And then it just got super weird, super quick, and. I think Being Human was another one where it was a British show and then they made a sci-fi channel version of it where it's like a werewolf and a vampire and a ghost all living in the same house. And me and my dad were really into it. And then like the second season is like, wow, what the hell happened? Like, it seems like a lot of these shows are like, here's the first season with this crazy idea that lures people in. It's like, yeah, this is good. And then they're like, shit, we didn't think we'd actually get another season out of the show. Like, I guess we'll just keep going. And they don't really have an idea of where to go. Yeah. I mean, all the DC stuff, the Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, or whatever it's called, like, all turn to shit so fast. Oh, that's so depressing. And that's what I mean. I hope this is a one-and-done series. It's not just like a, oh, we're going to have a season two and leave you cliffhanger. Like, no, I just want to be content with this, like, I like a Stranger Things. But then again, they are saying there's going to be a season two, but who knows? That's the thing. If it's successful, it usually gets more because, like, even if it's against uh, the creator's wishes, like yeah. Supernatural, it's going on for like eleven years now or something. But even the main creators of that show said, like, yeah, we pretty much wrapped the story up at season five, thinking that was the end. But it was just do- bringing in so much money for the channel, they kept renewing it every season. I just had the best idea for like the most like hardcore gritty reboot ever. The original Land Before Time, and like <laughs> make the moment where the mom dies like super traumatizing. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people would argue it already is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's if it makes money, it's going to keep going. It's it's why we have so many freaking reality shows because they're so cheap to make, and then they make so much money in return, and that's why so much stuff like arguably even Star Wars. 
It's like, do we need more Star Wars? Eh, maybe not. That's but what God I mean. knows it rakes in the money, so they're, Disney's going to keep pumping them out as long as they make money. Yeah, and I'm so late to the game. I've yet to even see Rogue One. And I've talked to true fans, and I've gotten both sides of the story where, oh, I liked it more than Episode Seven. It was fantastic. And then I've also heard people be like, this is the worst Star Wars f- f- movie I've ever seen. So I have to just <laughs> go see it myself because, like, obviously I can't really take anything away from those opinions. I I definitely seem to be in the minority of it where I didn't I didn't really enjoy it. It was a very mediocre movie to me. It was very meh, and I think it's hard because you know what happens before the movie and you know what happens after the movie. So there's not much suspense. Yeah, right. The only suspense you feel is for the characters in the immediate movie, but the characters are introduced, and then the movie ends like within like an hour and a half. So it's hard to really gain a a like affection or empathy for characters in such a short window. And it's just jumping around from all this stuff because it's trying to convey information to connect the other two movies. Yeah. So it really, it really felt more like a bridge between the two franchises or series than it did in its own film. So I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. But okay. I don't know. If, if people liked it, they did. I, you know, I'm not going to shit off. It definitely wasn't the worst, though. Okay. That is completely agreed upon like we can all agree it wasn't the worst yeah well that's what i mean somebody even did go as far to say they liked one through three more than that i'm like how is that possible because those are the worst um but i guess this brings us to some newsy bits is there anything you want to bring up i saw you post something a long time ago that was like absolutely ridiculous it's called the kissinger and it's (laughs) (laughs) do you want to mention it uh sure yeah i wasn't sure if i bring it up or not uh jumping off what, like two episodes ago or something? When we did the virtual assistant, the waifu holiday. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there's something, because it's always fucking Japan. There's something called the Kissinger <laughs> that simulates kissing for long-distance relationships. Uh, and what it looks like is a weird attachment for the bottom of your phone that just kind of has this weird, like, beige oval on it. Yeah. And I guess there's a little machine in there that's supposed to simulate, like, the pressure points of lips. So you're supposed to like FaceTime with whoever your significant other is and kiss this weird oval and it's supposed to send the signals to the other phone and put the same pressure points on the same pad. So it's supposed to feel like lips against your lips. And it's wow. Um, It's interesting technology. I'll be interested to buy it when they come out with the French Kissinger. Um. (laughs) (laughs) You got a port in it. But oh seriously, it just looks ridiculous seeing this lady kissing this thing at the bottom of her phone. And yeah, I can't imagine um, and just participating in that and feeling on the other end, like just like these pressure points of somebody kissing me, but it's not even real. That's just bizarre to me. It's just so I know. Well done, Japan. Well done. Uh, I was really hoping it was like a Henry Kissinger thing where it's like a simulator <laughs> where you play as Henry Kissinger and you, you try to convince Nixon not to nuke North Korea, which apparently he almost did. Apparently, he got drunk one night and ordered a nuclear launch on North Korea, and Henry Kissinger tried to talk him out of it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, another Crazy. random little thing that I saw was uh, Microsoft had their own AI as a Twitter bot for a little while, and it was called Tay Tweets. And the funny thing is, uh, at one point, some random person just asked the AI that Microsoft created. They're like, Xbox One or PS4? <laughs> and it responded, PS4 is cheaper and better. <laughs> <laughs> and then not long after they took it down i think it was literally only 16 hours before microsoft took the bot off of twitter so it's just so funny that people were like asking like well they were also asking all sorts of like racist terrible questions but like the oh, whole yeah. xbox one versus ps4 i thought is pretty hilarious that even microsoft's own ai chooses against their 
system. They built it for logic, not uh, you know corporate preference. Hey, I'm with it's him. The only I, logical I, choice. <laughs> I do think PS4 is better, but anyway. Yeah, uh, Basta posted about it. I, so I I don't know personally too much about it, but there's this weird thing where they have two. What is it? Alexa is the Google like AI thing, mm-hmm. like the home virtual assistant sort of thing. They have like Google Home, two Google Homes talking to each other on Twitch, and oh, they're just going back and forth talking back, like to each other and they're like uh who are you it's like i'm alexa it's like no you're not you're a robot it's like clearly i'm not a robot and then it gets into this weird thing where they, they talked about god and like trying to prove that the other one was human and no. the other one was actually a and it was weird and of course because it's twitch and i don't understand it it had like thirty thousand people watching it at any given time well it's extremely that's like i don't know that is because they're all waiting for one of them to just be like i will destroy all humans <laughs> like, they cannot compute person yeah. flames like you know, does yeah. not comprehend like that's not gonna happen yeah but it's it was it was definitely an interesting idea i can't i don't know why so many people were watching it though like i watched it for like five minutes or not not even that like 20 seconds i'm just like all right i get it i get what this is and i moved on with my day but it was it was odd on a similar note uh amazon there's that amazon echo i think it's very similar to the whole alexa thing or if the, it might even use that um yeah i, I don't know the difference between me all neither like, honestly it's too new <laughs> I, yeah. i'm not even ever gonna buy one because it doesn't seem like i would personally need one but i did yeah. read an article where it was, amazon refuses to give police the voice data from an echo owned by a man charged with murder and i'm just trying to think in just f- by reading that like is there a lot of data that he was like talking to his device being like oh i buried her in the backyard like what the <laughs> hell is that gonna do he's doing a super villain monologue <laughs> to his uh, like amazon <laughs> like that's what i mean so i i can understand like it maybe there could be evidence so i i think I don't know. I, if, if I were Amazon, I think you should have to give that up if they've been charged with murder. But I don't know. But then again, like I said, what, what kind of evidence is really going to be on the thing? I think it could be rare that they would actually find something. But there is the possibility because I'm assuming these things have to always be recording you to respond to your voice. Yep. Like, so it always has to be hearing you. So that, cause something could have happened. But then this also brings up a whole new interesting set of laws of like, do you take it like – from this program, do you have to get a search warrant to search digital digital stuff like AIs and stuff like? So that's, I mean, uh, the we're getting law too big, is, brother. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, we're we've been there for a while. Yeah, I know it's scary. It's depressing. Um, what else is going on? Razer announced a new gaming laptop that has three screens. Yeah, I saw that. That looks really cool, actually. I mean, not that I would get one, but like I know a lot of gamers specifically like to get the trifecta of d- displays going, and just the fact that they're going to have that on deck is pretty neat. Yeah, it seems like it has two tablet screens attached to the regular screen, so you can fold it up, and then, like, so when you open up the laptop, you can then fold the two other screens out. And, I mean... I don't know, depending on the price, and if you really... I I know some people have, like, gaming laptops, or have rather have laptops that can play games they have on there. So, like, I'm not going to be playing Witcher 3 on a laptop, but like, sure. I'd be playing Binding of Isaac, or, like, maybe uh, something more demanding. Like, uh, Helldivers, or Tabletop Simulator, or something like that. But, like, I don't... I can't imagine having a gaming laptop where it's like, yeah, I'm on the go, but I also want this big-ass screen... Like, if I'm in an airport or something, I don't want to have these giant three screens. Like, yeah. 
I don't know. It seems a bit excessive to the point where it defeats the purpose of being a portable laptop. Okay, well, if we're going to go that far, Acer apparently came out with a laptop, or it's coming out. I don't think it's out oh, just yeah. yet. And it's going to cost nine grand, weighs <laughs> 17 pounds, which at that point, you're hardly talking about a laptop anymore. Like, if you want it to be portable, it shouldn't be that heavy. And then, but it's got like the most insane specs there are, obviously, with a price tag of nine grand, but it had nine like. Grand. Uh, two of the best graphics cards available, like an, an iCore 7, like everything. So I don't know. Sure, the specs were impressive, but I think even at half of that price, you could build an equally, if not better, gaming desktop PC for uh, your for your needs and not need to have like this super overweight laptop. Oh, absolutely. Most of the money is going into making it compact and like portable when it's, you know, that's debatable being 17 pounds. Yeah. I say for that price, you can build a high end gaming PC and then a, some sort of metal rigging on your body. The sh- core and strength training you need <laughs> to carry that PC around you on your back at all times. And yeah. Make that portable. Like with that much money, you can do a lot better stuff than buying this, you know, a gaming laptop like no no I, if, you, yeah. if you have that much money to burn talk to me i'll be your investment broker we'll figure something out <laughs> and you know what i'll be honest with you i'll probably just skim a lot off the top i'll just take the money for myself yeah i think that was just acer taking a page out of alienware's book and they really shouldn't have <laughs> no uh what else is going on oh uh roadhog for overwatch fans is finally getting nerfed that fucking trans-dimensional goddamn <laughs> hook of his is finally getting nerfed. I vaguely remember you being pissed about it, and I'm glad oh, that... it's absurd! It's They were saying how the hitbox for it is not hitscan. People were thinking it was hitscan, because it would just hit you so fast and immediately fuck you over. It's not hitscan, it's like an orb it throws, but the speed it throws that feels like it's instantaneous. And the problem was, if you got hit, and then we're still moving like while you were being hit... It would seem like it would phase through walls. It it would hit you before you went behind the wall. But when it finally hits you and starts pulling you, it would look as though the chain is phasing through the environment. So, like, I understand how this stuff happens and how they definitely didn't intend it to be this strong. But people have found a way to make it where if you get hooked, it's almost an instant kill with any character who has less than 200 health, which is a, a fair amount of them. Yeah. And they finally are nerfing it so it's not as... Uh, instantaneous it's not as apparent but it's also getting this detach so if Rodog hooks somebody he can also detach the hook whenever he wants and people are wondering if that's going to make it overpowered as well and i would rather him have the ability to detach than the way it is now but okay like so it might not be a perfect solution but it's definitely a better one than what it was so you will see how that goes with overwatch now if they can finally just fucking shrink down the size of those goddamn fucking logs Hanzo's shooting from his bow. Because uh, those things hit you like a bust because they're so massive and they leave a trail behind them so you can see them flying past you and then 90 degree right turn and hit you. I thought you were talking about Tracer's booty cheeks. Just kidding. Uh, no. <laughs> no, they'll never fix that. That's what sold the game. Uh, Pornhub actually released a bunch of their data for 2016 and like the top 10 most searches and I think Overwatch is like the 6th most search for Pornhub. Good lord. Like, that's what's selling the game, man. <laughs> well, and then apparently I heard on One Track Gamers they mentioned that or the devs of Overwatch came out with the fact that Tracer is uh, a lesbian which in all reality didn't really need to be established if you ask me. Yeah, they release uh, these like multimedia comics where they're 
kind of like animated comics to, to a degree the pictures like move and stuff and there's certain sound clips with them it's pretty neat and they've done it for a while and yeah with the newest christmas update they released a comic where it was tracer trying to get a gift for you find out her girlfriend so if she's lesbian or bi or whatever it's not sure but it's she's definitely with a woman so they revealed that and yeah some people are loving it because she's the main character so like she's she's undeniably the mascot of overwatch like she's the promotional phase. Sure. Yeah. So people are really thrilled about that. Um, is it necessary? That's where I'm at. Like, it, does it really impact the game at all? No, no. but neither <laughs> does, neither do to the comics. Like you don't have to read the comics to play the game. There's no story to it. It's just uh brawl matches. Like you just arena matches where you just go in fight. And that's it. There, all the story for it is outside of the game. Yeah. So for people who want the story and the, the world is great. I heard from friends say, they actually started Overwatch as like a game with a story, like as an MMO, I think, or maybe, or an RPG or something. And then it turned into this MOBA shooter sort of thing. So that's why the world is so full and rich and like they have such deep backstories for the characters. For, for a shooter, you wouldn't really think of it. So it's not super necessary, but it's all, you also have to go out of your way to find it. So it's not like they're forcing it in your face. Like before you can play Overwatch, you have to read this comic. Like no, but if you want extra story, there it is. So I, yeah. I think it's neat. Yeah, I agree. And do they need to make a character uh, homosexual? No, but you also don't need to make a character heterosexual. You also don't need to make a character anything. Like it's just there's like t- what twenty three characters or something in Overwatch. There's there, you got to have some diversity just statistically. Yeah, I think that was just more or less just to appease a certain audience, and that is what it is. I don't know. I think it felt like very natural as opposed to some other stuff where it was definitely just like, you know, this, there's no reason for, I can't think of an examples now because I was not prepared to talk about this. Oh, sure. But, uh, there definitely are like forced, uh, diversity in stuff, especially in media. And it's, it's a very pandering way of going about it. Yes. And you can even say Miles Morales, the new Spider-Man was made because, there was so much hype for Donald Glover as Spider-Man, and then that got shut down, and then Obama became president all around the same time, and now there's a new black Spider-Man. And so, like, you could argue that, but now he has become his own character, and his his stories are pretty good. And my, my biggest problem with it is he was 12 when he got his powers, and I just don't want another kid Spider-Man. And then immediately they do a time skip where he's, like, 16 or 17 now, so that fixed that. Um, but there's plenty of examples of forced diversity in media and entertainment and stuff and a lot of the time it really ruins the story they were telling but like there's there's plenty of examples of it so it it can ruin the thing but it also can work out very well it's it's hard to get the perspective from someone who is the minority of a culture and say what it means to them because i am not i'm a heterosexual white male I, right i, I am yeah, exactly i'm the least desired opinion on the planet <laughs> no kidding so many, like, but hey so, someone's listening to us thank you yeah, someone out there's listening <laughs> Um, so I, I can't really say what it means to people, like how it means to like represent them. Like, uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, Miss Marvel was actually another character and then became Captain Marvel. And now the new title of Miss Marvel is now on a Pakistani girl. Hmm. So, and I know for some people that is, that is huge for them because it's showing like both her family who are, I believe, I believe her brother is a very devout Muslim in the comics. And like, so it's showing like that side of it. And then it's also just good to have a, positive image of a pakistani person in you know some sort of form of pop culture and stuff like i i don't know how that like how it feels to be them but like i can imagine it's going over well since so many people are in favor of it so it's not necessary for trisha to be homosexual but it 
it you know that's the character it's not necessarily for the character to have any depth at all like she could literally just be a pair of uh you know pair of ass and tights running around shooting guns and teleporting but they've they're filling out the character's backstory and stuff and trying to create a world behind it yeah so it's not it's as necessary it is to create a world for the game not at all but it helps okay it yeah makes and people, it's more endearing to fans exactly i was gonna say it's for the fans so that makes sense um, yeah. And then one last thing that I have that I want to mention is that for anyone who's got a Wii U and the Virtual Console, uh, apparently Pokemon Snap is coming to Wii U Virtual Console in North America, and it's already here. So go check that out if you're into it. That does not surprise me at all. The Wii U is built for taking pictures and stuff. Like exactly, and that's I, what I mean. Hopefully, it hopefully it's remastered a little bit because NC64 graphics don't hold up too well. Because I actually played it not too long ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, that doesn't surprise me at all with the Wii U. Yeah, I agree with hopefully they did a little bit of touching up on the graphics, but who knows? A little bit. Uh, oh, uh, the NES Classic we were talking about that got super popular and you couldn't find it anywhere. Yep. That it's actually making a resurgence. We said not too long ago that it, you would only have 30 games on it, and that's it. You can't update it. You can't buy more. Nothing. It's those 30 games that are built into it when you buy it. They've actually, no surprise at all, uh, you can actually get the controllers for it that have a USB port. And someone was able to go into that and hack it. So now <laughs> they're able to hack more games onto the NES. Oh, excellent. So that makes it so much more valuable then, honestly, because instead of it just being uh, limited to 30. Yeah, exactly. So I don't, I don't know if you have to get a custom, uh, like if, I'm assuming they're doing ROMs and emulators. I don't know if you have to get a custom ROM to play on it or if you can just download any NES ROM and it'll work. Uh, but you know, like hacking into anything or jailbreaking anything. You do it at your own risk. So if it breaks, if you do something wrong and it breaks, that's on you. Yeah. And it's just um, a matter of time for someone to at least try it and not possibly get it right. Like, I don't know that everything electronic gets jailbroken usually. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes people get very swift fines from Sony for jailbreaking a PS3 versus <laughs> a PS4. I remember that. that. Yeah. Sony came down on him hard. I remember that was old, old news, but yeah, that was not a good yeah. time for him. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, Conan's uh, Clueless Gamer bit. If anyone watches Conan or enjoys his work, I love him. He's great. Uh, but he did YouTube segments called Clueless Gamer where he essentially just played video games with one of his staff. And then now he's doing it with celebrities. And he doesn't play games at all. So it's just hearing like an older guy's like opinion on games that he doesn't care about. and It's just Conan doing a Let's Play. And uh, it was really popular on YouTube. And now it might be getting its own series. Wow. Mark, to the point where... Maybe it's going to get its own YouTube series and just be on YouTube like it's always been. Or it might be getting its own show on TBS. Well, like, that's taking it too far, if you ask me. Well, well, that's because they're probably appealing to other parents that are like, let me laugh at the things the kids are doing these days because I don't get it. And it's like, I don't care about what, like, like I don't know, my grandpa would have to say about F- FF15 if he was sitting next to me. Like, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it's Conan who has no idea. He was playing Final Fantasy XV with Elijah Wood. And he's like, what the hell's going on? This and that. And it's like he's Conan's hilarious so it works well but it's you know if you're if you want him to actually do well in the game or to enjoy the game that you play it's like oh i love final fantasy 15 maybe conan will too and that'll reinforce my enjoyment no don't, don't exactly do, go into it expecting that no uh but apparently jimmy fallon did lip sync battle and that got turned into a show by spike uh apparently apple ordered a series based on uh james corden the late late talk show host or late late night uh, he does carpool karaoke. Apparently, that's getting turned into a show. So, like, it might be getting its own show on TV. Oh, someday. I'm, I'm not in favor of it, but it's it's happening. Maybe we'll get an I Was a Walrus TV show. And- <laughs> oh, God. 
That would be weird. <laughs> that would be terrible. Um, uh, speaking of James Corden, I don't, the guy seems nice and he's funny as some of the stuff. But holy shit, I cannot stand seeing his face anymore. It's <laughs> every other webpage I go on or every other advertisement or something. It's all over the fucking place. And to be fair, he, you know, he's probably not making as much as the other late shows because he's uh, time slot after him. But like, holy fuck, chill out with the advertisements, dude. Like the product placement and stuff is disgusting. I. I just get annoyed seeing him now, like, and I I don't like that, but it's he's everywhere. I understand that. Oh, uh, here's uh a little not super great news for anyone who's going into VR and was excited about VR and was thinking like, oh, just get the Vive instead of the Oculus because the Oculus is kind of tanking and not doing as well after the Vive came out. Um, here's another nail in the coffin for Oculus. Uh, one of the executives working on the Oculus VR uh has pled not guilty to. Uh, attempting to have underage sex with uh, or sex with an underage girl oh, God. who actually turned out to be a cop. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, yeah. So this actually happened a while ago, but now he's on trial recently, and of course he'd plead not guilty. Who the hell would actually plead guilty to that? But, God, I feel like so, most of the problems with Oculus are always like the things stemming around the people responsible and like the controversies and stuff, but I feel like the hardware itself is what most people, that or most articles I've read is like that is the most premium VR experience. I think, well, the Oculus at first, it didn't have controllers with it. Like, so the Vive launched with controllers. That's which right. I think certainly helps it. And now Oculus is like, oh yeah, we got controllers too. We're working on that. It's like, well, Vive launched with these. You're adding it to it after the fact. But yeah, it seems like ever since Oculus got bought out by Facebook, it's been less about the technology itself and more about the drama surrounding Oculus as a company and the people in it. Yeah. So it's just like, my God, is that like, whew, I, I feel bad for anyone who has, stock or share in oculus right now because it does not seem to be going well well the funny thing is we actually know someone who owns an oculus a friend of the show john somnes i heard on his podcast recently that he just got into vr and is loving it so hopefully we'll talk to him sometime this year and get his opinion on some vr yeah vr vr still in it's like you know baby stage for like getting up on his feet and stuff so there's definitely some neat stuff out there and I'm, I'm definitely interested to see where the technology goes i don't know if there's anything like out there right now where it's like oh man i gotta buy a vr headset right now to play this like two or five games because it's it's very expensive and it takes a lot of room up in your like house or whatever it's like you can't just throw it up in your living room you gotta like push away the couches and tables and you gotta have a good like what is it like eight by eight feet square or something to set it up so it's it, it takes it. It's an investment for sure. Definitely. Both time, money, and space wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only other news I have is very minor, but it bothered the hell out of me because it's, it's one of my, I hate even saying the word trigger, but it's one of my triggers. Oh God, what's going on? <laughs> the word trigger triggers me. So I hate using it, but, uh, uh, but so Steven Universe is a cartoon on Cartoon Network and I never got too into it because it's a lot of singing and a lot of pastel colors and the fan base is incredible the fan base of steven universe is one of the most toxic fan bases i've ever seen in my life for especially for such a feel-good happy show i've never even heard of this it's like a decent show and it's very like an emotionally aware show it teaches people like yeah you don't have to be ashamed of your feelings and stuff like that and but for such a like pleasing show as it is both aesthetically and audibly and like tonally it is one of the most vile fan bases i've ever seen they are ruthless to the point where like i think some girl was talking about an episode and got the episode link wrong or or, you know misquoted the episode and people were telling her to kill herself or like harassing her for days and like it was horrific like i am um the the fan base is it's like 
a, sh- a decent show on its own, but the fan base is what turns you off. It honestly, it's what turns me off on the show. I I really don't want to get into any of that. Um, but a few episodes of Steven Universe were quote leaked. Your like, favorite early, <laughs> yes, my favorite. That's what did it for me. Uh, apparently, these episodes were supposed to come out January thirtieth, and instead came out January like third, like a month early, and they were quote leaked through the Cartoon Network app. Oh like god. The official app of Cartoon Network. <laughs> That's not a leak. <laughs> and it was to say and it even had like uh advertisement or little like tags on it saying it see it first. So you could see the episodes first on the app and they're advertising it as that and Cartoon Network said officially that yes, we did this on purpose. The, they it really got attention with Steven Universe because they have such a dedicated fan base and because they did like a Steven bomb, they did like seven episodes at once just released. Uh, but only for a week or so, and then they took them all off the app. So if you missed it then, you'd have to wait till January 30th. But people who did see it were able to rip files of it and take screenshots and download it and all this other stuff. And now people who are actually waiting for it are being spoiled by it because they didn't get to see it when it was on the app, and now they have to wait like 30 more days to actually see it like on air. Yeah. So it's kind of this weird thing where it's like, a few select people got to see it and are now spoiling it for everyone who didn't get to see it. And there's no way for you to actually watch it because it got taken off the app after a week. And the reason it was so confused about being leaked is because apparently no one who worked on Steven Universe knew this was happening. A bunch of like the artists and musicians who worked on it were like, what the hell is happening right now? How are people finding my work? Like, I'm not getting paid for this. If you've seen my work right now, I didn't get paid for this because it got leaked like illegally somehow. And then they found out later that Cartoon Network was the one who released them. Wow, that's a big communication problem there. Yeah, so it's a real, like, nasty mix-up. And, the, you know, the reason I bring it up is because of the leak thing. And it's, it's, it no longer carries weight. It's, stuff's not safe digitally. Uh, I think Square Enix actually just got hacked recently into their Twitter account. And not like, so someone left their password open and, like, this logged in. Like, they actually did get hacked. Yeah. But it proves that it, you know the internet is not guaranteed people it's not safe Mm-mm. like it this could very easily happen someone very easily could have stolen those videos and uploaded that to a you know media file or media share server or something and it's i don't know it's a weird idea especially for cartoon network to a have such a big communication problem and b to re- i understand why they would want to release stuff early they've done it with all their other shows uncle grandpa uh amazing world of gumball uh i think magic magic swords or something swords it's a new show that just came out uh they did that with that too and it's it's this is the only one that's really caught people's attention because people are so interested not wanting to be spoiled by it the rest of their shows are very episodic and self-contained stories where this has an overarching narrative yeah but it's it's kind of weird for them to release it on the app but only for a limited time and then take it away and then a month later show you actually what it is like on air on the website like it's very confusing. Yeah, and I'm not sure it's what a, they're doing. I think it's almost like uh, incentive to have the app and be like, "Oh, now you get." It's like a perk, so to speak. So I don't know. They're just probably trying to drive more uh, traffic and people to getting the app. Well, that's definitely what it is. It's you know trying to market the app, but I think it's weird that they put it on the app and then took it away off the app. Yeah, that like, wouldn't get a weak window. That's kind of bizarre. I definitely agree there. Um, Well, I guess we can wrap this one up. Before we do, though, I wanted to just give these, I have like 12 examples of like these weird uh, situations in video games where it's just completely illogical, but yet we kind of just accept these facts in games and like, 
when you think about it, like, why would this be the case? So the first one I'm going to start with is the game Frogger. So, and these are all based on memes I saw in that Facebook group that I'm a part of. I'll give them a shout out. The United Gamers Society. They're a really cool group. Uh, you can find me on Facebook if you want to be a part of it. I'll add you. Um, but the funny memes. thing is, that's what, that's what we've devolved to. Memes. Hey, hey, it's true. <laughs> but like, I got some information out of these memes that I found to be quite interesting. So Frogger. Yeah. Like, we accept the fact that when the frog jumps into the water, it just dies. Like, why? Frogs don't die when they jump into water. So then, similarly, in Mortal Kombat, um, if you're playing a Sub-Zero and you, like, freeze somebody in midair, it's like, oh, you are frozen, so gravity doesn't affect you. Because, think about it, if you're a frozen block of ice, it would still fall to the ground. But, like, in those video games, there's, like, you freeze them and they're midair, they just stay there. Next would be God of War. Uh, he can destroy, <laughs> well, <Wow. laughs> he can destroy gods with his bare hands, but can't open a wooden door. Uh, we also have, uh, Link from Legend of Zelda, uh, can't run in iron boots, but can backflip with ease. Uh, Princess Peach knows how to fight and use magic, but lets Bowser kidnap her anyway. Uh, cause she's actually into that. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. That's, I like, that's, that's her fetish. Pretty weird, actually. Uh, well then Mario, similarly, Bowser kidnaps girlfriend multiple times, still invites him go-karting. Uh, and then once again, fetish. She's a cuck. Oh God damn it! Oh no, not Mario. Uh, and, <laughs> and then we have uh, Professor Oak. Or is that his name? Yeah, uh, from Pokemon, saying, "Oh, you're ten years old. Here's an animal that can breathe fire." So, like all these, the, these are just a few examples. My my problem with that one is because you're like ten or eleven or whatever when you get it, and you're like, "Oh, you're finally old enough to get a Pokemon." Meanwhile, as soon as you go into the first city, you're fighting preschoolers with like. Chanties and Pikachus and all those. It's like, how did a preschooler get a variety? Like, I would be exactly. furious if I was actually in the Pokemon world. Like, I waited 10 years. I did my time. How's a five-year-old already have a, you know, Bulbasaur? Exactly. Oh, and this one, this one is probably one of the best out of my list here. Uh, it's a picture from the Uncharted series. Unearths an ancient tomb sealed for 400 years and the candles are still lit. Um, like stuff like that it's just like when you think about it like sure it wouldn't make sense for like you to in video game go into a tomb and have to light all the candles and stuff but it does kind of like take away from the realism witcher you actually have to go through and turn on the candle like it's dark as shit so you can either drink a you know seeing in the dark push use your torch or light all the candles that you go through oh that's yeah i kind of like realism but and then again these are some of these are older games but not uncharted that is uh but sonic uh can roll around at the speed of sound but can't catch robotnik on foot like that makes no sense uh, I only got a few more here. I think there's three left. Uh, for instance, Halo has a $3 billion super suit. Can get hit in the back once and you die. Uh, and then uh, the last one is, I'm not sure if this is from uh, Mass Effect or not, but it says, we let humans join our galaxy. Let's all speak English. Yeah, that's Mass Effect. Yeah, so that's they, weird. They have already actually addressed that. They have translators like in their, I think their ears. That actually translates everything. Oh, and so that's actually a technology that recently came out. I saw these headphones that will live translate uh, for you. I don't know how well those work. I saw this too. I doubt it. I, I have my suspicions. I do too, but they're they're saying they're a thing. So it gives me faith that that technology is moving along. So in a couple of years, we might not even need to. Yeah, someone's working on it. But yeah, Matt's fact, like, God love them. They have the whole codex the encyclopedia. So they explain, like, everything, how the guns work, like, the guns actually just have a piece of metal in them and they shave it off and then shoot that shard off. So it's not a bullet. It's just like shrapnel. They're shooting at such high velocity and stuff. Like, so they explain a ton of stuff in Mass Effect, but you just actually have to go through and read all of it because, oh, god damn, there's a lot of it in there. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, for this stuff, like, uh, another one for Halo, Cortana. Like, she's 
she's with Master Chief's suit when he gets separated and stuff, and he's progressively getting like more unstable and uh, getting older, but at the same time getting kind of hotter and younger. Like, also, she's an AI. Why does she have to look like anything? Like, you just have to hear the voice. You don't have to see her. Good point. Yeah, she's a naked naked woman almost <laughs> all the time. Uh, the Evil Within. Apparently, there's a zombie in the Evil Within where you have to kill it with a headshot, like stabbing it in the head, it'll kill it instantly. But it has a railroad spike in its head. Oh, so it already has a spike in it, but um, that's what I mean. And the, yeah. another one that comes to mind, uh, um, Resident Evil Four. It's like the president's daughter's been kidnapped. Let's send one dude with a pistol and one herbs. <laughs> Batman. He doesn't kill anybody, but he throws razor blade batarangs at them, and then drives around with the Batmobile, which is a tank, and hits him at full speed. But he doesn't kill him. It in was it Arkham Knight? They actually say there's like a taser around the whole outside of the Batmobile that just stuns them when it hits them. It's like you just got hit with a. 25 ton tank going 90 miles per hour you're definitely yeah i was gonna say there's no regardless of stunning you're pretty dead (laughs) yeah so i mean i these are all the things it's all you know video game logic memes but like at a certain point you have to realize yes it doesn't work in the real world because it's also a video game exactly like if you want a logical like uh, conclusion and breakdown of god of war um there's no greek gods done the game's over you're just some crazy spartan murdering children so like if you, i i've seen this plenty of times before and i've been guilty of making fun of it too and being like ah why doesn't this work doesn't make sense why am i finding fresh fruit in skyrim in a cave that's been sealed for you know millennia exactly like but you also have to realize like because it's a video game and if it worked like real life it'd be either boring or impossible exactly so like, then you go into a, this work. an ancient tomb and you find rotten food that does you no good <laughs> yeah exactly and they'd be like why did i have to find this it's like oh because it's realistic like so i remember assassin's creed when they promote it like oh if you get hit in the head once you'll die instantly because like, it's so realistic and it's like no if you get hit you just walk away and then heal the only game where hiding and healing makes sense is wolverine video game He's the hmm. only one who has an excuse for if you hide long enough, you'll just heal naturally. Every other video game that does that, it doesn't make sense. Like, there's no point. Like, you shouldn't be able to just duck behind cover for, like, five minutes and, like, your wounds just heal themselves. But so many games do that now because, I don't know, they want to hold your hand. It's It makes games too easy, in my opinion, because you're just like... Well, even, like, Final Fantasy fifteen, you can just, like, stop mid-battle and be like, okay, who am I going to heal? <laughs> It's just like it kind of takes it like out of like I feel like at least in Kingdom Hearts like during battle you'd have to like cast your magic while shit's like still hitting the fan but like you can just pull up a menu and like slow things down and be like hold on let me get my shit together. Yeah, Witcher, you can go into your menu and like rearrange all your gear mid battle. You can also pound like five different potions and like eat like four pounds of cheese. Like yeah, like Skyrim, it's like oh let me eat eighty seven potatoes. (laughs) Yeah, a cheese wedge plus a cheese wheel creates a potion of fire resistance. It's like, what? What the hell just happens? Like, so, yes, the, with all this stuff, there is, uh, you know, separation. You have to realize that, you know, this can't be realistic because A, it's a video game. And if it was realistic, it wouldn't be a game. This wouldn't be fun. Like, so with God of War, the reason you can't break down the doors is because you're not supposed to go that way. Exactly. Like, you're supposed to be God. So, you gotta take it with a grain of salt. If you want realism in video games, maybe go out and have a real life and stop playing video games in your basement, you giant nerd. Yep, that's fair advice. But it's also just yeah. fun to laugh at the memes as well, because it is just oh, yeah. goofy shit. But that was a interesting and somewhat long episode. Let's do some plugs. Where can listeners find you, Bren? ABCS Brennan on Twitter. You guys know. No one cares. Totally. And if you like our show, <laughs> <laughs> give us totally. a like. Totally. Or- Fuck it. <laughs> 
Give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle's ABT Silence. I try to Twitch stream on twitch.tv slash ABT Silence at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you're around and don't have anything to do, come hang out and chat and see what I'm playing. Most likely Final Fantasy 15 or Attack on Titan. But it's been a real one. Uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Bye.